Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. My name is Lori, and as always, I am here with the greatest Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about the hashtag BPD ban. Um, that we're hitting about one year since that happened, and it really brought together a lot of our community. So we want to just touch on that briefly. Um, before we get started, we want to thank Megan and Destiny for being our two new Patreons this week. Thank you so much. We love and appreciate you and can't wait to get to know you better. Sarah, do you want to kind of give an overview of like what the BPD ban was? Yeah. So it's funny. I remember exactly where I was when all of this went down. It's weird because I was like a lot more active, I think, on Instagram at the time, like really like we were just talking about how I think hashtags are overwhelming, but at the time I was like trying to pay more attention to those kinds of things. And I was using the BPD hashtag, the, hello, the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag, the hashtag BPD a lot, even though ironically I hadn't really explicitly kind of largely come out with my diagnosis, but, um, I digress. I was in Southern California, living out of my Mazda, had just separated from Tori. And I went to just like do a normal post. And I realized like hashtag BPD wasn't coming up and I didn't think much of it. And then, um, what was that blonde gal's name? I saw that blonde gal, um, borderline mommy or something on Instagram. No, but I can find it. Um, Safe space borderline, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe space BPD diagnosis. Yeah, something like that. I saw her post about how the hashtag was gone. And I remember being like, what? So I dropped her a DM and I was like, hey, we should talk about this. And then I looped you in. And then you looped in everybody in the BPD world because of course, you know, everybody in the BPD world. And literally within like four or five hours, we have like hundreds of messages going back and forth in this group chat with everybody. And we're like, fuck this, you people, you Instagram motherfuckers are not going to like remove a hashtag. Everybody else gets a hashtag. Why don't we get a hashtag? Right? Like how come I can hashtag van life and hashtag, um, queer and hashtag bipolar disorder and hashtag self-harm and all of these things. In fairness, I don't think you can hashtag self-harm, but, but yes, also I, I yeah. Yeah. All okay, of those maybe. other things. I mean, the, the, so I'll, let me just quickly read what, when you typed in at the time, hashtag BPD, what Instagram said, I, I took, I have a screenshot of it on my Instagram. It says, um, can we help? We've hidden posts for hashtag BPD to protect our community from content that may encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. Right. And then it, and then it has this button that says get support. And I'm just like, excuse me. Like I, I believe like there's, you know, there's pro anorexia websites and stuff like that, that I understand are really harmful, but like hashtag BPD is just like trying to create like Basically, like it, a ban, a ban on like us sharing what our lives are, not existing, prom- not promoting BPD, not saying like hashtag self harm is the best harm or whatever the fuck. Like yeah. we're ju- we're literally just like existing as humans, and that's it. Was the fact that they said may cause harm or even death was like okay, cool, yeah, yeah. So Instagram decided to remove the ability for us to 
hashtag BPD. And we were like, you absolutely cannot censor an entire group of people, but literally not like just an entire group of people. We're talking about like, you know, 10% of people seeking therapy in the States. I don't know what the data says in Canada, but like one in 10 people in therapy right now have borderline personality disorder. Like it's a pretty common mental health issue and completely erasing the ability to build community around common experiences is what this was doing because you and I, Lori, wouldn't know each other without the hashtag BPD. No, not at all. Like on Instagram. And anyway, so one year ago, Lori looped in Jesus and everybody and we ended up putting out- (laughs) It was like four people. (laughs) Yeah, but then they looped in people and they looped in people, right? And we ended up putting out a- video of a couple of us explaining how you cannot censor this that's not fair and then I don't know how much longer it took but pretty soon they gave us our hashtag back yeah and somebody was like on the BBC talking about it that was in that little group and like it got a decent amount of traction online I still the posts that I posted about it I still get tagged or I still get that shared all the time I remember what was so important about this. Okay. Not only were we saying like, you can't censor us, but what's her name? The gal that um, I messaged and then looped you in and then you looped in Jesus and everyone. Um, She is the person who put the signature. um, Oh yeah. The um, yeah. The like change.org change.org petition and literally I remember we were in like the first 40 people to sign it and like four days later there's like some ungodly number of people that were like you will not take this away from us yeah which was incredible and like it really did so this happened November 18th 2020 so we're just like a couple weeks out from that now and it was Sarah and I had already started recording for this podcast, but we hadn't actually like announced it yet. Um, And it really just like gave us even more drive to talk about this because like literally that's how we found each other. Sarah messaged me on Instagram and said, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? It was a different podcast that she had about mental health and talk about borderline. And that's how I knew all of the people that were in this like discussion that kind of um, mobilized so quickly. So yeah, I mean, I think we can all we can all attest to the fact that Instagram has a lot of issues. Um, I mean, we see the same sometimes with um, like uh, people of color, Indigenous people, Black people, like their messages being erased. Um, and so, in the grand scheme of things, like is this is this the the biggest issue of Instagram? Of course not. Um, but for our community, it really it's huge because people are so afraid to talk about this disorder and this diagnosis because of the shame and stigma that they feel and that other, they, they assume others feel and likely they do feel. So a safe online way to look into this and see positive role models, that's what Instagram is for, right? Like I definitely wouldn't recommend Reddit for that because I find Reddit has a lot of like really negative. um, Dude, dangerous. Yeah. And like, the vast, 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 vast majority, I can't even think of an example right now of somebody that isn't like a positive um, mindset of borderline, but like 
Instagram is full of people that have borderline and just like sharing their regular lives. Right. And of course, yeah, we have struggles and sometimes we'll talk about them, but that that's part of the journey and that's part of just like reality. Um, and I guess like maybe Instagram isn't about reality. It's about putting on this like fake image. Um, yeah. And on this grand scale of like pretty life things, BPD is not one of them. No. Like we are pretty people and we do pretty things, but our borderline is not, you cannot package it well. You know what I mean? Like it's messy and mm-hmm. Instagram wants to hide the mess. Yeah, totally. And um, I did find the original post stuff. Okay, go for it. So November 18th, 2020, and I'm, I'm not joking. I filmed that like video that we did within a few hours. We all started filming on our phones. I filmed it in a, um, laundromat parking lot outside of like this town outside of San Diego. I hadn't taken a shower in four days. Like I just come out of like Joshua tree national park. I like stuff was wild in my life. And this happened really quickly. So like At the time, I was really grateful, honestly, to have something to focus on that wasn't my separation. But November 18th, 2020, um, and I feel like she totally has to be name dropped. And maybe we can try to get her on and record. But it's BPD underscore diagnosis underscore safe underscore space posted after hearing the news today that Instagram has blocked the hashtag BPD. I've set up a petition to have this revoked. Please, can you click the link and share And we all just went crazy with it, right? I mean, we just started posting, posting, posting. Um, And I'm pulling up the change.org petition because it's still in her bio. And last I looked, it has 10,007 signatures. It's not quite the 65,000 I was dramatically saying, but I also have Borno lines. So of Me course. too. I was like, I exaggerate <laughs> literally everything, but 10,000 people. 10,000 signatures. And, and I mean, most of those I think happened within the first week. Like this was popping off. Yeah. Because we ended up getting our hashtag back relatively quickly. So um we kind of stopped promoting it at that time. Although I will say I am 99% sure that I do occasionally get shadow banned on Instagram, which is like, I don't know the actual definition of shadow banned, but like when your posts stop showing up for other people and like when your hashtags stop working and when you can't be searched, um, that for sure happens to me on Instagram on occasion. And it happened again, I think last week. Um, and of course I hashtag BPD for a lot of things, but like all of a sudden my engagement was down to like zero and like not a single hashtag that I used worked, even if it was like cute cats of Instagram, which like usually is tons of, you know, tons of things or whatever. Um, and so I do try and use like alternate hashtags for BBD instead of just like hashtag BBD. So, um, a couple that I use are like hashtag life with BPD, hashtag BPD recovery, hashtag borderline recovery, blah, 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 just like different iterations of the same thing. And those ones don't seem to make me shadow banned. So if that helps anybody, like we want to help people get their messages out. And um, it is better because we can now see posts for hashtag BPD, but I do think um, that using alternates is better if you're, if you care about your algorithm, which some people don't do. And probably totally. shouldn't do, to be fair. But um, 
And then the next post I show from her shows that on December 21st, she posted, we did it, the hashtag BPD is back. But I don't think that it was within a month. There's no way. I think we got our hashtag back a lot sooner, right? I think so. I think it was a couple, like a week or two, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I thought, but I can't really remember. I just know for me, this was a really, really important um, advocacy moment because I was like, okay, you know, not that I felt like I had any kind of profound platform, but just I can't not add to this, right? Like I can't not show up in this because this isn't about me. This is about all of us. And when you do not allow us to build community, it's really difficult to stay alive because then, then the, the I believe, right, and what you you and I believe, and I think why we've worked really hard to create super feelers is that we stay alive so much more and so much better when we have community and when we're able to normalize the like very difficult experience that this mental health disorder is. And so when you delete the hashtag, hashtag, then you delete the community. And I was just like, you can't fucking delete us. Like. Well- and not only showing like the rea- the reality of what BPD looks like in terms of the negatives, but also showing that like people with BPD can be normal human beings and have normal friendships, relationships, fun activities, lives. And like, to me, that was the important part because I never had that when I was first diagnosed. There was no such thing as a positive image of somebody with BPD at all. And I looked for a long time. Um, and so finding people on Instagram that like do show that kind of more like quote societally normal um, life that they can have with BPD has been really helpful for me. And I know it's helpful for others. And I um, on occasion, because of just like the nature of our disorder, I'll follow somebody. And sometimes like I get triggered by something that they post and I can make that decision on my own to unfollow that person. Right. So like before and after photos of weight loss is really stressful for me. So sometimes I'll delete that. Um, and that again, like it's not a BPD symptom, but it is like really related. So, um, yeah, it was a crazy time. And I, in some ways I'm so thankful for it because I feel like it kind of created more of like a social network between the people with BPD on Instagram that were kind of doing their own thing before. And now we're kind of a little bit more cohesive. Like we don't have a formal network by any stretch, but like, um, I can think of a couple of people that we've recorded with for the podcast that were part of that initial kind of group and just made lots of friends out of that kind of coming together moment. And it was so beautiful. And I remember saying like, (laughs) don't piss off a group of people with borderline because we will make it loud. We're not going to just sit here and be quiet about this. You picked the wrong crowd Um, and we got it back so quickly. Yeah, we did. And I was, was, I found the post, which for me was my quote unquote coming out, right? Like this was the thing that I was like, I cannot hide anymore. You, when, when you take away my autonomy to independently hide, I'm now coming out like, fuck you guys. If I'm going to hide, it's going to be my own choice. Right. And so that was the, that was the moment that I was like, okay, I have to be honest and, and I'm willing to risk whatever it is that I could lose as a result of telling people publicly that I have borderline. And so November 19th, 2020, um, I 
openly posted on Instagram that I have borderline. And so for me, it was, it was really profound, but even more than just like coming out on Instagram, because you know, whatever, um, I was, I called my mom and I was like, mom, they're trying to delete this whole part of my life that I know I don't talk to you about, but I don't, I don't know if you remember me telling you back in the day, I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, but they removed the hashtag. And like, this is what this means to me. And ever since we've been very slowly, um, opening our kind of comfort level around talking about BPD. And I think that was really, really important for me personally. Oh, totally. Cause I mean, we had, if I remember correctly, we had like met online in either July or August of that year. And you were like staunchly against talking about BPD publicly. And that was a huge moment for you. And like, I was so proud. Everybody was so proud. And like, um, I'm sure your mom was so proud. Yeah, it was, it was such a fascinating day. And I, I, I also like, I post obviously a lot on social media about BPD and I'll get a lot of like people commenting and whatever that have other mental health issues or stuff. And there's, it's usually like the same, like couple hundred people, right? Let's just say there's like a couple hundred people that will generally reach out about mental health related things. That day I saw a lot of people, especially on my Facebook, like friends of my parents and like friends of coworkers and that kind of thing, commenting on what I had posted about it, um, that have never interacted with my, with my, um, you know, mental health related posts. And I think maybe it was just like something that was a very tangible example of stigma that really hit home with a lot of people, whether or not they had the diagnosis. So it was a like, screw you Instagram, but also thank you for bringing us together and kind of proving that like, we can do whatever we need to, to make this community happen. Right. And I mean, that is always the point of everything that we do, right. Is to show that like people with BBD are your real estate agents and your accountants and your neighbors who've been married for 40 years. And the people that are parenting next to you and like, we're just like everybody else. Yeah. Your cousins, your grandmas, your kids, all of these people, it, one in 10. And that's one in 10 that are like diagnosed. And there's a huge number of people that will never be diagnosed with BPD because the symptomology can kind of mirror other things. So like, you know, there, there's a lot of people in the world <laughs> that have this disorder and, um, and I was saying, people. I know they are your favorite people. I love every time you say that. It's so like pure and sweet. I, is it one in 10? I was saying that one in 10 folks who are accessing mental health services in this country are um, diagnosed, but what's the percentage? I, what? Let me Google. What percentage of people? Can you hear the clicking? Oh, you know what? Maybe it's one in a hundred. It's yeah, it's definitely not one in 10. Um, NAMI says it's estimated that 1.4% of the adult U.S. population experiences BPD. So we can assume that it's probably more like 5%. Okay. Maybe. Sorry. I'm spouting like very unrealistic facts here. She She's just trying to, you know, multiply us by um, 10 because we're her favorite people. But Lori's very wrong. But I swear to God. <laughs> well, no. More but- people will have it than that. 
That's what I'm saying. It says it's estimated 1.4%, but I imagine it's probably more like 5% of the population. But again, let me Google what percentage of people in therapy have BPD. And it, like, I mean, sorry, go ahead. 20% of our folks inpatient have BPD. I imagine. Um, oh, fuck me. I can't wait to get to this next part. Um, Is it incarceration. Because incarceration numbers are crazy high. No, I bet those are high. No, I Googled um, what percentage of people in therapy have BPD. And the second thing that is most commonly asked, apparently, because you know how it says people also ask, do therapists hate borderlines? Let's come back to that and read that as a therapist. But so 20, so 20% in inpatient psych have borderline. Inpatient though, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, but, I'm, I apologize for the incorrect facts. I forgot that 1% is not one in 10. <laughs> yeah. I may or may not be pursuing my master's degree. Please don't tell the university of British Columbia <laughs> that I cannot do that math in my head. And then they're saying. This study is saying 1.6%, but again, I mean, I imagine probably it's more like Okay, large nationwide epidem- uh, epidemi, whatever. Epidemiological. Epidemi, fuck off. Published <laughs> in 2007 and 2008, estimated that the point prevalence of BPD in the general population at 1.6 with a lifetime prevalence of 5.9, right? Which would mean that at some point over the lifespan, 5.9% of folks would meet the criteria. Which is actually really cool because that stat in like in a very like reading between the lines way is showing that like what 5% of people will recover from BBD over their lifetime. Four. I know, four. Okay. So, wow. I'm having a rough couple of weeks guys. Math is not my strong suit, okay. um, but yeah, 4% of people will recover from BPD over a lifetime. And yeah. ish. I mean, that's like, obviously that's not exactly what that stat is saying, but sure. Uh, it's just like, or they cool. have skills that manage it well enough that they don't meet the criteria. Yeah, actually, that's a really good. That's what I would argue. Uh, that you know what, we should do a whole episode just on that because there's such a difference between like people's views on whether or not you recover from borderline or if you live with borderline. In yeah, a more I, I think you and way. I have different ideas about that, but I'm 100% the second one. But maybe that's my black and white borderline thinking. Who knows? But um, okay. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think we could go off on a huge tangent on this, but I will put a link in the show notes to this. Twenty twenty one was updated. This is a peer reviewed, evidence based article. So anybody trying to come at us, please refer back to this article. Um, what were you going to say, Lori? I was just going to say I don't know if I actually have a strong opinion one way or the other on whether or not you recover from borderline or live with borderline in a more productive way or like ha- happy way. But I really want to record on that. Cause I feel like that is we a conversation should. that could happen forever. I believe that you can recover. And by the term recover, I mean, you can live to function in society in a way that is adaptive. That, but that also means for me that 
you don't stop being a person that has high rejection sensitivity and strong emotions. You just learn to live with it and use your skills in a way that makes you adaptive. And that is recovery. That is what that means to me. But that is not recovery in the sense of like remission. Mm -hmm. That is what I believe about that. But yeah, let's save that for another day. But can we just ding, ding, ding right here. The second... So when I Googled what percentage of people in therapy have BPD, the second thing was, do therapists hate borderlines? And the answer is many therapists share the same general stigma that surrounds patients with borderline personality disorder. Some even avoid working with such patients because of the perception that they are difficult to treat. And this, my friends, is why a very large percentage of us are not getting the appropriate care that we need. For two reasons. One, because of that stigma that exists. And two, because the second thing that shows up when you Google how many people have borderline says that therapists have that stigma. So as somebody who has black and white thinking and who maybe has like a more like um, catastrophic like life or like, what's the word for that? Catastrophizing. Like somebody who catastrophizes more is going to read that and go, all therapists hate people like me. So therefore I'm not going to access therapy. And that's not actually true. So super dangerous. Yeah. Refer back to our episode about finding a therapist, because I am pretty sure we address it in there that like, yeah, some people are just legit, like going to be kind of shitty about with people with borderline, but a lot of them aren't like Sarah and I both have therapists that we like love and respect. And Sarah is a therapist who I can guarantee you is not like, oh, the fucking borderlines are back. So the, we went on a tangent as always, but I think, I honestly think our listeners are probably here more for the tangents than they are for the episodes, but it's been about one year since the BPD ban and my life is so profoundly different. Yeah. My life is very different in that, like my network of people with BPD has like exploded and is like incredible and super feelers and all this stuff. I don't know if my like life is very different because my life has just been kind of the same, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, I guess no COVID already was a thing, but anyways, um, yeah, your life is definitely in a very different place than it was November, 2020. Could you imagine if we had, had been hosting super feelers at that time, how that would have been a huge super feelers topic. Like we would have had to have done a ton of work in super feelers around this. Yeah. Cause it's invalidating as fuck. Yeah. And I think like that is maybe the most beautiful part of all of this is that the change.org petition that she posted and all of us rallying and the four of us that I think it was four of us, maybe five of us that recorded the video it was like the most profound act of self-validation. Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, let's wrap this up for now. Um, one year anniversary of losing our hashtag. It's back now, but keep in mind that using hashtags that like are a little bit more vague are probably better for your Instagram and helping us find you. Um, so let's make sure that we keep rallying around causes that are important to us, like the removal of the hashtag BPD ban. Hi friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the bold, beautiful borderline podcast. 
Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about Borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.